let me tell you, there was so much wrong in my childhood. But there are also many things that were right. I think I have to go back to some of the things that really had impact on me. One thing, I did not grow up with a dad. My dad was actually incarcerated. So there was no male figure in my home. I did have an uncle that, mm, I wouldn't say we were close, but um, he was present in my cousin's life. So he was present. And I had another uncle that was um, my mother's brother. But he has a whole nother story because after coming back from Vietnam, he's never been quite right. So even though I did have a male presence in my life, I won't say either of those people truly served as father figures for me in a caring way. My grandfather did early on. Um, He passed when I was quite young. And I think he tried to fill that role and really made me feel um, loved. But because he passed quite young and I was relatively um, unable at the time to, we weren't permitted to go visit him in the hospital, it really left a void because there was no formal goodbye. And I don't think I ever really understood just everything that happened. Parents tried to shield children from that, but I really feel like closure would have been helpful Um, and didn't get that. So just in saying that, I grew up in a single parent household, me and my mother, and she was very hardworking, but extremely eccentric. She and my dad actually met while being professional musicians in a numerous types of bands. They played rock, they played Motown, they played all kinds of R&B, just whatever. And they pretty much toured the circuit in the north Northeast area. We lived in Cleveland, Ohio, but they also played in Chicago and New York and wherever the jobs were. So even when I was very young, I will remember that my mother would usually be gone off to open for some opening act as I got a little bit older. And sometimes I got to go with her, which was really quite cool. I kind of was raised being around live music and I still love live music till this day. But as I got older, meaning, you know, still in elementary school, I think maybe seven or eight, she did try to kind of calm down and be there a little bit more. I would say with my grandmother, had a lot of problems in school just because I was traveling back and forth from home to grandmother and things of that nature. And I think my grandmother just finally told her, you need to be home for your child. So at the time, she took a job at a radio station and she used to get up in the middle of the night to be there early in the morning because she helped to work on the morning show. So we used to take public transportation and go all the way on the transportation to my grandmother's house. And then she would also, you know, go to work. So that was pretty much my life. So it wasn't the, we stay home and make cookies and do little things and go to um, karate and dance and all of those things that, that really wasn't my upbringing. Although I did take dance classes at one time because, um, my mother played a piano for a ballet studio and I got to take as many classes as I wanted. So things like that, 
but it wasn't because that was part of our um, ritual or routine. It was more as opportunities presented themselves, we took advantage of those opportunities. But she was very much a non-traditional type of mom in the way that you would kind of think about um, that mom that does those things with children. But understandably, she was a single parent. She had to work and she did the best that she could under the circumstances. And I know she loved me. But also, there were times where my grandmother couldn't take me because she also was working too, or there was just too much going on. So I had tons of different babysitters. And sometimes there were babysitters where I just met them that day and I would get dropped off. So I think that was one of the most traumatic experiences that I had as a child is the amount of different people that were watching me at various points in time and not all of them were great people so um there were times where I could say I didn't feel quite safe and there were times where I could say I felt very much safe and cared for but you know it is what it is and I'm here there were other people that as I got older and my mother wasn't as much around. And I'm talking maybe, you know, middle school into high school. I stay with a lot of different friends. And I pretty much look to them as foster families because sometimes there just wasn't enough um, resources in my home. We would not have maybe the lights or electricity would be cut off or, you know, it just wasn't um, conducive place. So I did go up staying with a lot of different friends at different times, which seems to be, you know, okay with my mom again, she would be gone. So instead of being there by myself or having to deal with trying to do my hair without any lights and things of that nature, it was just easier to stay with friends. So those people were pretty much like foster families to me and took me in and let me stay. And um, they didn't have to do that. And there were quite a few people, quite a few friends. Um, if I look at it, there's probably about um, three that really stepped up at different times. And all of those I maintain contact with. And without them, my life would have been so much harder. And I don't even know where I would have ended up. So in becoming an adult and after I finished and finally graduated high school, I really wanted to um, pay that forward. And I said, at some point in my life, I want to be able to do the same for um, children that just need help. And hence, you know, that was why I chose to be an educator. But there was also a more meaningful experience. I was at work. And at that time, I worked at Subway, Subway Sandwiches. And next door to Subway Sandwiches was a drugstore, a Rite Aid drugstore. And I went on my break next door to the Rite Aid drugstore and I brought a little pregnancy test. And I said, I'm going to wait. And when I have a free opportunity, I'm going to go ahead and take this pregnancy test and just find out. I need to know. So I worked and on my next break, went into the restroom at Subway and took the pregnancy test. And I remember looking at it and it said, reading the directions. 
And when you, it wasn't old, it wasn't the new kind where you could just pee on a little tab and it turns positive or negative. It was something you had to mix. I, I don't know, I had to have one thing where you collected your urine, another thing where you put in um, some type of substance and then you would take your urine and pour it in. And if it turns blue, then you knew. And if it did not, then you were not. So I remember, like, as soon as I put that urine into the um, cup or whatever it was that had the substance in it, boom, bright blue. Oh, and I just freaked out. I just, I lost it in the bathroom. I was crying so hard. I remember I did not know what to do. And I remember saying, like, you know, I want kids, but I don't want them now. I don't want this. What what am I going to do? I can't I can't handle this. I can barely sometimes take care of myself. I'm sitting up here at this age and I work at Subway and I have been working there since I was 14 and I actually lied on the application and said I was 16. The people thought I was 17 now and I was 15. And I have been working there since I was 14 years old because I had to. We needed money and I needed money to get the things that I needed and sometimes just to keep the utilities on in the home and keep food, you know? So this was not something that I was doing because I wanted to. Believe me, I wanted to quit many a day. I needed it. And this was the only thing, you know, that I had that was providing a little bit of money to do things that I needed to do. So here I was, um, 15 years old, thinking, I'm not going to be able to do this. I don't know what to do. But at the same time, having this this urge in me that saying you are supposed to be here for children so maybe this is your path maybe you are supposed to do this so conflicted just crying in tears and for some reason which I, I still don't understand I don't remember if it was a change in shifts or it was just I don't know maybe a Sunday and a slow day but I was about myself which really was odd because usually they had maybe two people working. But I remember this day I was there by myself because that's why I felt comfortable enough to go into um, do that test. And when I had my break, I wasn't there by myself. And then that person had went home, but I was there by myself for the rest of the shift. And that's why I said, well, no one's in here. I'll go in here and do this test. So while I'm in there, I hear the um, ding of the doorbell which means I have a customer so I'm like I have to get myself together I washed my face and washed my hands took the test and threw it away and did these really really quickly because I'm like I can't keep this customer waiting but clearly my face is all red like I'm trying to put cold water on my face to make sure that the um, redness goes down I don't want to walk out and try to greet someone so I came back outside and put the little gloves on and came up and um, asked the customer, you know, may I help you? And I will never, ever forget this man. He stood there and he wasn't tall at all. I'm pretty short man with dark hair and the kindest eyes, olive tone. And he just looked at me. And I said, yes, sir, you know, may I help you? And he said, no, no, I am here to help you. And I was stunned for a second. 
Like, what? He said, I, I'm not here to order anything. I'm just here to help you. And again, I'm just looking there kind of speechless. Like, I'm not sure what's happening or what does he mean? It's strange. He said, I just want you to know that God has a plan for you. And you will make the right choice because he has a plan for you. And at that point, I just burst out crying because it was like I had just gone through all of that in the bathroom. I did not know what to do. And in walks this man when no one else is in the store at that exact moment to remind me that God has a plan. And I was in the bathroom playing to God. So I said, thank you. Thank you so much. I really needed that. And he's like, I know. I know you needed that. I came in here because I knew you needed that. And I said, so thank you. What can I get you? He said, again, I'm not here for anything that you can help me with. I was here to help you. He said, God bless you and have a great day and walked out. Never seen him again. I mean, I don't know his name. I don't know where he came from. I don't even know how he knew if if I could do it all over again. I'd have so many questions for that man. But it happened in the moment, as I believe it should have. And in that moment, it was exactly what it was supposed to be. Now, I will tell you, after he left, it wasn't like all of a sudden I had come to a decision. No, I still weighed this decision for weeks because I was not sure. Um but I did feel comforted in the man's presence that uh, something divine happens, whether or not your belief is in angels or messengers or how God talks to you, or maybe it, 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 you don't believe in all that. You just think it was a coincidence. I, I don't think it was a coincidence. It could have been because that moment in my life was one where to this day, I don't know if I made the right decision or not, but I find comfort in that the decision I made, the struggle of which I was making in, in was realized. And I don't think I've had to make a decision um, that reached so much into my core of a being since that point like that. I, I, I have, but it's been under a different context. So... It was, mere, it was a miracle to me, and it was really life-changing for me, and it gave me comfort, and I needed the comfort. And it also made me feel like um, whatever happens from this point on related to this situation, he, he's here, he knows, and I am comforted in that. So I share that piece because it did guide me. And I think sometimes when we are in many times a dark situation or a dark place and we're asking for that guidance we may be talking to God directly and I don't know what we're expecting to get but it validated that I, he's listening I am being heard so even now um in talking to God I know that I don't expect ever to have another um, experience such as that and I don't think I've had an experience such as that but I have um, I don't need one because that one alone told me that he hears 
And um, that was good enough for me. It served its purpose. Thank you for listening to Blood Ain't Always Thicker. Please hit subscribe and share our podcast with others that may need to hear this message.